Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, our guest is Sarah Long. She's all things fashion, fashionista, understanding of the fashion industry. We're looking forward to having her on very soon. Now, I'm a little apprehensive to call anybody you know, a professional social media person because quite honestly that's it's it's a little demeaning to me, especially these days. There are ways to communicate with the public about the things that you do. I remember years ago as we talked about last time and last episode, and today's like what our hundred and twenty eighth episode I remember talking to somebody about Instagram. I'm like, are you on Instagram? She goes, what do I look like? I'm 13 years old. <laughs> I'm like, no. She's like, well, I don't have an Instagram. And now everybody's on Instagram. And then I asked uh, recently if somebody's on TikTok. And they're like, what do I look like? I'm 12 years old and I dance. And now a lot of people. And, and I'm talking about... Alicia Silverstone to, I mean, just every single human being, every actor, actress, every singer you can think about is on TikTok because advertisement is advertisement. Now, if you're listening right now or if you're listening in the future, let's just say 20 years from now, then you understand. Yes, Sarah, you're on. Hold on a second. (laughs) Um, Then you understand that social media is going to consistently change, right? Now, if you're listening 10 years in the future, I mean, TikTok's dead, right? TikTok's like your, your grandmother and your grandfather are talking to you through TikTok, right? Just like I talk to my mom through Facebook. I mean, yes, I, we text each other and we call each other, but if we want to do some like existential communication, we do through, through face, Facebook. It's very strange, you know? Social media is consistently changing, and it's up to you to catch up to it. If you want to be somebody who advertises great work, being a band, being simply a musician, being somebody involved in art, being involved in mukbang or, or food, food replies, or Maybe even just somebody who wants to make themselves out to be a personality type. Maybe an actress or actor. I should just say actor. Wants to push themselves. TikTok really is the format. We want to talk to Sarah Long today about this format, how it's working out for her, how she made it work out for her, because quite honestly, I haven't seen a person quite like her. Somebody who made, you know, modeling videos and what have you that's drawn a lot of attention. It reminds me a lot of the old Gap guests, you know, Dior to Prada commercials that literally cost millions of dollars to produce. Millions of dollars. And maybe 15 thinkers in a, in a room to come up with a concept. She easily destroyed those things like in, you know, a... 20 second TikTok I, I found it to be incredibly amusing 
And there there are a lot of artists on TikTok that have done this through, you know, imagination or imagineering through Disney products or Marvel products where they've pushed their own cinematic vision to the the antique. It's incredible. So if you're one of those people that are that are on the fringe about whether you should be on TikTok or not, then we're going to talk to Sarah Long today and we're going to discuss a lot of subjects. And uh, we're going to see where she's at. And, and uh, we're going to talk about Europe and all kinds of different things like that. But, you know, you know me and I can see the uh, display right now and how many people are, are live listening. Thank you, all of you. There's quite a lot of you, like always, uh, listening right now. From Greece to Russia, which is awesome, to Slovakia, Italy, Canada, Chile, Peru, Mexico. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for the emails, too. I really appreciate it. I had no idea, but... Somebody from Greece emailed me and, and relayed the information that they actually took my podcast or this this show, I should say, because it's, I mean, podcast is such a I mean, it's like a four letter word to me. And uh, they uh, they actually downloaded it and put it on their radio show and just promoted it through the radio. <laughs> that was I thought that was awesome. Now you know me. You if you listen to the show before, you know me. I don't like to push myself, my own agenda, what I do or what I've accomplished. But I will say this one thing. Uh, last night I was, I was put in the Slovakian Forbes magazine. Uh, not for the person you know, that you think that I was, but as a photographer. I know a lot of you don't, don't know that I'm a photographer. but um, Yeah, so one of my pictures was displayed in the, for uh, Tekla Herzegovina for the Hungarian Forbes magazine. I mean, she is a, a very famous Hungarian. And my picture was there. It was awesome. Unfortunately, they didn't credit me for that picture. It's, it's not cool, I'll be honest with you. It's copyright infringement. It, it bothered me. So I immediately emailed them, both in English and in Slovakian. Thank God for Google. And they contacted me back within, I don't know, two hours and fixed the problem. And thankfully, the magazine didn't go into publication yet. But they fixed the internet issue. I mean, so fast. It was amazing. And we're so sweet about it. So, and and if any of you were out there listening or wondering, well, why would you be upset about, you know, your your photograph being out there and, and your name not attached to it? Well... How would you like it if you made a song <laughs> and I attached it to a video or I attached it to a commercial and I didn't give you credit? Would you be upset? What if I took your words? What if I took your writing and put it into a movie and I didn't give you credit? Would you be upset? Of course you would. It's, it's your creativity. It's what you're doing. And you have every right to, uh, to praise ownership of it. You know, if we're talking about thousands of thousands of thousands, tens of thousands of people reading something, by the time they read that and see your image and see your name, at least 9,000 people have seen it already. That's 9,000 people that did not see your name. 
attached to an image that, quite honestly, is really fantastic. That's a lot of publication. That's free publication. That's, that's free advertisement. That's an incredible concept. So, you know, all you out there, just for your rights, fight for what you believe in, and go listen to that. I'll, I'll, I'll put a, a link on it later on, but the Slovakian Forbes, which, hey, don't, don't draw back on me. Forbes is Forbes, my friend. But it was an excellent article, and I appreciate you from Slovakia. I know you're listening now. We, we talked about this. I know you're listening now. Thank you so much for the uh, quick response and for the adulation. I really appreciate you. So enough of this. You don't you don't come on here to listen to me talk. Let's bring on uh, Sarah Long. Let's uh let's give her a little clap before she enters here. That's hilarious. (laughs) Isn't the way you should enter a room every time? I feel so powerful. It's it's great. I feel like I'm on that 70s show. (laughs) Well, well, that's that's not necessarily a good thing. (laughs) You know, we've had... No, that is, of course, a good thing. I, I, I love that, that show so much. <laughs> it, like it makes me feel like a, my show's back in time. But, uh, you, know, you know what's interesting about yeah. these kind of shows is that you don't know if it's, a, if it's a time machine and somebody's listening to it like a thousand years in the future and going like, wow, that's a little cringe. <laughs> <laughs> that's so trying Anyways, to get away we, from we, cringe today. Right. So we've had, <laughs> we've had Sally Christensen on from, from Argent who is the CEO and creator of Argent. So I wanted to bring you on here to talk about, you know, a lot of different things, a lot of different concepts, but let's start from the very beginning. So you were, you were born in Utah. Is that what I understand? Yes. I was born and raised in Salt Lake City. That's great. What, what, what influenced your artistic taste other than your, and and please bring your father into this as well, because I understand your father is a, is not only a poet, but a really great artist. Yeah, I mean, my dad is probably the main reason I'm artistic at all or creative at all. Um, he is, one, an English teacher. That's his daily profession. And then on the side, he's a photographer. Um, he's a drummer. He paints um, you know, kind of, he, he kind of does everything, but I would say those are like his main trades. Um, but I grew up around all of his friends, like uh, around published authors, around painters, around um, his musician friends. He had a band that would play in our basement when I was a kid. Um, and he, sur- he just surrounded me with like really cool vinyl, just so much good music and always recommended new authors to me um so yeah i mean he would he's probably the reason i am who i am it reminds me a lot of like you know it reminds (laughs) me a lot of like naked lunch or or uh maybe even moulin rouge where a combination of great artists came together and, and influenced a younger group of people to become the artists they are today yeah, yeah, I would say it's interesting. I've actually been thinking about this a lot because I, I'm not saying I'm a poet. I wouldn't say I'm a photographer. I wouldn't, you know, I don't really have, like, that box. But what I'm doing with TikTok is, like, innately creative. And I don't even know. I, I wasn't necessarily inspired by one certain thing. Um, it just 
lives within me. And right. I definitely think that's like a, a result of being around so many amazing, talented people. Well, let's not, let's not get ahead of us or ourselves. I don't want to jump on the TikTok just quite yet. But so you were, you were in Utah and you were getting into the fashion world and fashion industry and you were, you were pursuing the fashion industry. Do, do I understand that? Um, in Utah, I mean, I guess I tried. <laughs> there's, there's not much here to do in fashion. I worked retail quite a bit, um, but I was really obsessed with this outside world that I didn't really understand the reality of it. Um, when I was like really young, I was watching YouTube's uh, of runway shows, and you know, I've collected. So many Vogue and Vogue's and Harper's Bazaar and just so many magazines that I still have to this day. Um, and, you know, ripping things out, making mood boards and like just, yeah, it was, I was just really fascinated by this world and I had no connection to it whatsoever. Um, wow. So I ended up moving to LA and mm -hmm. starting styling. So what was your experience out, was... out here in LA knowing that LA is incredibly nomadic? We have a lot of people, and, and I've said this before, we have a lot of people here that are not born in L.A. I was born in L.A., but we have a lot of people here that are from Oklahoma to Nebraska to Missouri to, obviously, Utah and Colorado and Texas and what have you. What was it like moving to L.A. and then pursuing a world in either fashion or modeling or, or, or whatever you're, you're pursuing? What, what was your experience like? I mean, I went out specifically to do styling um i from afar that's what i understood that i could do with my talent um and i i'm lucky because my sister moved there and i you know had had a lot of utah friends there so i did have like a little bit of a community before i moved there but in the fashion world i was like completely alone um aside from maybe one or two friends but I, yeah, I started styling my first week being there. It was like being thrown into a fire. Uh, <laughs> and like my first, my first job ever as an intern styling was working on the Emmys and getting dressed wow. a couple of names that I can't say, but um, they, yeah, it was, it was a huge deal for me and it was a huge culture shock. Um, yeah. Just, you know, growing up in Utah, but yeah, I mean, I would say, like, I was just driven. I was so obsessed with something that I was just like, you know what, I don't really care. I will live in my car. I will own granola bars for, you know, weeks, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> do this job. And right. I, that's what I did. I mean, I definitely got sick in my car a few times, like, especially the fact that, like, I had to running from showroom to showroom to do returns to pick up looks for specific um, events for celebrities and like I was a newbie to driving in LA and right. I mean I'm, I'm sure that you can imagine like driving from Santa Monica to Beverly Hills to Los oh, Feliz like there's so nightmare. much in between where you're like oh my gosh right. am I gonna get in a car crash like do I have enough <laughs> gas like can I find a bathroom like honestly though like it, it was it was so much that I had to deal with at once, but like I just kind of like fought on the horse, and you know I had to had to figure it out really quick. 
You know, uh, I got to tell you, yeah, you know, so, to the to the audience out there listening, and to you know, Sarah right here, I. I I think a lot of people are reluctant to talk about one big issue in LA that we have a, a definitive problem with, which is bathrooms. <laughs> I don't know how many times uh, I've been do. on the job. I, I had to go somewhere or I'm sleeping in my car and I have to use a bathroom. <laughs> and there, thank God for McDonald's or. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. I should not have brought this up, but it's true. I mean, like, I, I, when you don't have an office, like, when you're styling and you don't have a main, like, home base and you're right. driving for hours on end and you don't know where the bathroom is, like, you don't know where the next bathroom is, and, like, it's, it's crazy. And I think New York has the same issue, right. actually. Right. Like, right. you have well, they to have, They have you know, Coinbase find... bathrooms now in New York. Well, that's good. I mean, Chipotle and like Starbucks have saved my life and or saved oh, yeah. my life in many situations. I God bless them. You know, <laughs> it, it, and I don't mind say I don't mind saying this one bit. But I I worked in location. My first job in Hollywood was working locations. And for all you out there listening, locations is the person between the director the production crew and the homeowner. So you're, you're a separate contractor from any of those people. And um, I would have these people in these multi-million dollar homes and the people were, you know, slight billionaires. So it goes from rich to wealthy really fast. And they were very nice to a certain extent, a little quirky. And they would say, do not use any of the bathrooms to me. They would say, do not use any of the bathrooms. That was your thing. The first thing I would do is use the main bathroom. That's the first thing I would do. I'm like, you know what? You're not better than me. I'm going to use your bathroom. Because <laughs> no, where else am I going? What am I, I going to go in a Gatorade cup? Give me a break. Yeah, that's absurd. I don't know. That shouldn't, you know. No, no. That's so you just came up human decency. I know. I know. Just what I what I'm getting at is that a lot of people come from different states, and you know, and this guy was Australian. So if they come from different states, they make millions of dollars. They think they know how LA people act. But they were never born here, so they have a kind of a quirky personality because they they believe they know how people from LA act. But anyways, you came out here to LA. You said you made a couple of friends, but you had friends from Utah and what have you. And I know you love sugarfish. So, you know, you obviously moved up a little bit from that point, right? So what was it like to move up in the stream of L.A., living in your car, to, you know, thank God for Starbucks, to moving up the stream, right? Moving on up. I mean, let me let me clarify. I never lived in my car. I did have some, some, uh, some great apartments. I lived in Los Feliz the first uh, year that I, that I was in L.A., no, I mean, like, it was it was a good experience because I feel like Los Feliz has, um, has really, like, blew up, blown up now. Like, it's, it's way too expensive now. For me, when I lived there, it was kind of up and coming. And then, you know, there was, like, Sunset Boulevard and all of that. But I guess, yeah, coming, leveling up, um, it was just about staying there and networking. And, you know, I, I definitely had my base of, of Utah friends, but I made mm-hmm. friends who work. I made friends through my sister's work. My sister's in the entertainment industry. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> right. I, it's really just time. Like you can't, um, you can't like go to LA and just think that you're going to make friends at bars. Like you're going to make 
like fake friends at bars, I'm sure. But like you really right. have to like kind of vet them. And I would say making friends through work is the best thing that you can do. Um, right. Because obviously friends in high places. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I honestly, over time, like I was just, I got more central. I moved to West Hollywood. I started going to Sugarfish like once a week. I had a problem. Um, and I was working for Jimmy Choo at the time. And I split my time between that and Diane von Furstenberg. And yeah, I guess I guess I um, I made friends in, in my industry, and that was that was a really nice thing. Um, well, I know who Jimmy yeah, Choo is, and and I'm a huge fan. But for the audience out there, who who is Jimmy Choo? I mean, he's a great human being to work for. Uh, am I right? Well, Jimmy Choo is a luxury luxury retailer, like focusing in shoes and accessories. Um, I worked for their PR team in LA specifically, so I was, you know, helping with runway looks for celebrities and influencers and things like that. It was mostly VIP based, um, but yeah, so that was that was an amazing job. I love the team there so much um they taught me everything that i know <laughs> like honestly right. i don't think I, I would have understood the world of pr without them um that was my first pr job after um working as an intern for a stylist so yeah i think a lot of i think a lot of people know. would say that people in la are not genuinely giving people and you said these people were very kind to you generous and taught you everything you know well what was it about them or what was it about you that really kind of inspired them to want to spread this knowledge? Um, you know, I feel like as far as I'm concerned, like I went in and I gave it my all. I was not holding back on what I would help them with. Like I wanted to learn everything. I wasn't limited to like, oh, I this is my job description and this is what I'm going to do for you. I was like, you know what, anything that you're willing to teach me, please teach it to me. And I also was just super inspired by working with so many, uh, so many established women. Um, just going into an industry like fashion, obviously like you'll work with men, a women, woman's industry. And I saw these women and was so inspired. And I was like, you know what, if I can be, them at their age like I will be the happiest girl in the world right um and I I think that they kind of just saw that they saw my drive they saw my positivity and they took me under their wing and were willing to teach me things that you know maybe not all all um beginners will learn because they're not willing um but yeah and they were just I I've had I've been really lucky. I know that most people think of the fashion industry as Devil Wears Prada um, or just, you know, really like like unhappy people who smoke cigarettes and don't eat, right? But that's not <laughs> how it is. It's, it's a stereotype. Right. Like I have had most of my interactions with humans in the fashion industry have been extremely positive. And I've come across people who only want me to, to thrive. Um, so I guess I've been lucky in that sense, but I do also know, like, you've got to put like a positive attitude out there to receive positive feedback. Like you just right. have to, that's, that's just how it works. Can't have a bad attitude. Nobody wants well, to work do, with, I, with a bad attitude. <laughs> you know, 
I agree with that, and I, I think that's one of the things that propelled you forward. But, you know, I do think you're also very knowledgeable. Do you think that that also helped you as well as being very knowledgeable of the art fields and being able to relate information that other people, you know, just quite honestly might not be able to do so? I mean, yeah, I guess so. I with PR, like you have to, you have to be cultured, right? Like you have to know, like, like trends, right? Like you have to understand where trends come from because they can date back as far as the 1800s. And you have to understand like who the popular models are. You have to like, and then as well as, you know, knowing your staff, you also have to have a sense of creativity because you're going to be styling people. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I, I brought that to my roles and, you know, I, I think that my bosses saw that they still see that in me and still support me. Um, so yeah, I mean, bringing, bringing your background and being yourself in any role is going to propel you forward. For sure. So you're, you're um, working PR um, in, with, with Jim Chung. And then you, from that point, where do you, where do you go from there? um there was a lot of of random things I did I still was styling in between um I did work for Dan von Furstenberg um for PR as well and that was an amazing experience I got to meet Diane um I through events we did you know just PR stuff (laughs) I won't go into the details um but that was a really no we're here we're here to hear the details i mean people say that all the time i won't bore you with the details you're you're on a show bore us with the details but go ahead please go ahead okay you guys want to hear about fashion gps and shipping and why why are they why are they listening right why are they listening right hey listen if you don't want to listen then don't listen but i i know for a fact that you're listening (laughs) i can look at the numbers right now nobody's going away right now (laughs) we have we have literally a like you know 1,700 people listening right now live. So I don't think anybody's going anywhere. They're they're here to listen to you. Yeah. I mean, okay, fine. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess PR, I think a lot of people don't really understand what it is. But when you're in a, in a position like I was, I was doing celebrity PR, a lot of it is not glamorous. A lot of it is not working directly with celebrities a lot of it is not being on the red carpet and like getting people dressed but some of it is right Right. but a lot of my day-to-day was you know keeping track of excel sheets um and tons and tons of shipping internationally locally nationally um you know having like like being able to organize an office and make sure everything is themed and just you know that like more of the mundane work like the tedious work that's what like PR does consist of lots and lots of emails lots of lots of communication um right you know doing press releases and things like that um so it's really I would say PR as an industry is of where people have to wear so many hats like I've literally moved like moved from office to office like as well as you know dressing people for award season so yeah that was something that I did for every brand that I've worked for um Mm. I I did so let me ask ask you Sarah they're 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 an incredible amount of people 
in communications that are in college right now. That would that would literally kill you to have your job because that's the reason why they went to college in the first place. Did did you go to college for communications? I didn't. I actually. So you just went straight into the field. I went straight into the field. I did study a little bit of business and fashion, um, but I really knew. So it it was. It actually kind of came from my sister. I think. Because my whole family is, um, they went to, you know, four to eight years of college. Like, that is what my family, so many of my um, family members are teachers and, you know, really high up. But, um, but I saw my sister, and she, she became an editor in the entertainment industry um, for TV shows and movies, and she didn't go to school for it. She did go to a little bit of school, but she just went straight into her industry and started working. And right. I saw that, and I was like, you know what? I think I can do the same. Like, I have knowledge. Like, I'm not a stupid girl. Like, I can go in and figure it out and be driven and, you know, just work, like, have the experience to work. And I think college is an amazing thing. I really do believe like education is like so, so important, but it depends on the industry and times have really, really changed. Um, right. Like if you, point, if you want to be a doctor, you should definitely go to college. Yeah, exactly. But like, I wouldn't give up my experience for anything. I right. think my experience is what, you know, just, it, it, it made me a woman, you know, it really right. like, it, it gave me so much confidence, so much knowledge in my field, um, so many, like, good connections. Um, mm. But, yeah, so if, if that's your thing, if, like, you think that, you know, college might not be for you, great, but you have to work. Like, you can't just do nothing. You still have to, you still have to be educating yourself in the world, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't really, I, I, I feel like I did have any bit of luck when it came to the brands that I worked with, but it was right. also about putting myself out there. I saw something I wanted and I went for it. So That's awesome. You know, Sarah, we're going we're gonna to take a, uh, we're going to take a tiny little break. I'm going to talk to you off the air for just a, just a tad second, but everybody let's listen a little, you know, we're enjoying the conversation with you so much. I, I hope you're enjoying your, your time here. Uh, we're gonna put you put you on hold right now. We're gonna we're gonna listen to the, a little song right now by Child of Light, which is a great game you should be playing right now. Um, I don't think it's available anymore, but give it a try.
That's a great game called Child of Light. Unfortunately, I looked at my my game log and it was no longer there, so I, I have no idea what's going on there. But that's a beautiful soundtrack. I I, I uh, really implore you to go check it out. Uh, so, so Sarah, you know, you went from sorry, you went from you know working at PR. You know, wh- where did your experience go from that point on? Uh, <laughs> um, I actually, I continued PR, right? So okay. I, I ended up working at Dior. Um, and then Dior, the pandemic hit. Um, and I kind of found myself not really knowing why I was living in LA and, you know, questioning my career and questioning just everything around me. And I moved back to Utah um, temporarily and I, you know, I still work freelance, um, Mm -hmm. but I started taking social media really seriously. Um, TikTok came about, obviously. Well, I don't want to talk about that yet. I don't want to talk about TikTok yet. Yeah, I don't want to talk about TikTok yet. What do you want to talk because about instead? I want to talk. I want to talk about your time in Europe. I want to talk about your time in Europe. What you experience? What do you want to? What do I want to talk about? I want to. I want to talk about a plethora oh of gosh, different experiences. But was that uh, my time in Europe? Okay, so I I've been to Europe a few times, and it was also like in between, in the midst of PR, um, okay. like in the midst of those years. Um, the first time I ever went was I think I was it was right before I moved to LA actually and I, I spent a week in Paris with my sister and fell in love with it of course because it's Paris um, and I had you know been studying French in school um, and yeah and then I, I went back again when my sister was living there with her fiance and I spent like a month and a half um, and yeah, I mean, I I kind of went all over the place that time because I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna go to Europe, I'm gonna go and actually do it. Um, and I had a few cities on my list, so I ended up going. I spent quite a bit of time in Paris, and then going to Barcelona, um, which was so fun. Another Starbucks bathroom moment that I'll spare you with. But just saying, <laughs> Starbucks has saved my life. Um, and I went and time with a friend in Germany. I hmm. went, uh, I met her in Frankfurt. That's where she lived. And um, her family lives in Stuttgart. And I oh, Stuttgart. spent, yeah, you know, very time with her place. family. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really amazing. I, because, I, you know, I had no knowledge of the place when I was going except for that I knew that her family lived there and um it was it was definitely more of an immersive experience because I you know I went to her dad's birthday party you know Mm. (laughs) it was people who barely spoke English who were super um interested in me because there was so much going on with uh, politics in America, and they wanted to know so much about what I thought. Right, um, right. And it, it it was just such a it was such a nice experience. I really I really loved Germany. Um, I got to go to the Neuschwanstein Castle, 
Um, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like I do. it's kind of the castle. I, I've been the to castle that yeah. was. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, well, World War II, World War II so the, is, is my fa- is my fascination. You know, and, and both my parents are immigrants. My my father's from Sicily, so we were able to travel from Sicily to Florence to Rome, and then my uncle was head of the Eurorail. So we were able to go all across the country into the Gaelic Islands, uh, which was an incredible experience. But, but Germany was one of those – between France and Germany bet- became one of my greatest – I would say um, just, uh, you know, I just became so influenced by those areas because they were so close to each other, being ally and access. And then going back to Germany and then seeing how they've changed and going back to France and seeing how they've changed and seeing how their countries really have developed relationships between each other was an incredible experience. So I am coming from a different perspective because I am a you know, a fanatic about, about history. I think it's most because I'm an immigrant to this country and you become a super American after, after that, because you learn about history in a crazy way. But so you're in Stuttgart, you went to, you went to the, the, the um, castle up there, which I've never been to, but I know what you're talking about. Tell me about that experience. Uh, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely a tourist attraction because it's, it's the castle that, a lot of Disney castles are based off of, hmm. um, but King Ludwig, I believe, he is like a that super is. interesting man. Really? Huh? I don't know who that is. He, so so was... he, he built the castle. Like it was his like, you know, destiny or whatever he thought to, to build this like extra castle. Right. Um, so he spent a lot of his days like obsessing of of decorations and architecture and you know just this having this like crazy castle and like if you go in it you realize like okay so like one room looks like a complete cave and that's that's um it's intentional and then the next room is very lavish like very versailles um and i guess hmm. So there's there's a room with chandeliers. There's a dining room with chandeliers, and he would just have his servants um, light candles on every single chandelier. So it was like hundreds and hundreds of candles, and he would just sit there alone. And like he would just sit there alone <laughs> and just you know have his room, his kingdom, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he would contemplate, contemplate, but eventually he went crazy. Um, hmm over you know obsessing about this castle and and all of the alone time that he spent and i guess it's it's um nobody knows what happened but one night he disappeared into the lake and nobody knows if it was a murder or if he killed himself um but i just thought that was like so fascinating (laughs) um that was a really amazing Experience well, you know, you, you and uh, I both love you know, you and I both love Jeff Jeff Buckley, and uh, what's interesting about Jeff Buckley and his father is both of them were drowned in still water, which, by the way, for our listeners, right. is, is water does, that does not flow. It's basically water that is still. By the way, I didn't want to put them both into Doctor Mangala's like perspective, but that's how Doctor Mangala died as well. 
So anyways, going back to the Jeff Buckley, oh you know, it, it, it was, well, I know, right? It's kind of weird, right? But, you know, we're, we're still, yeah. so, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of a strange concept where, you know, it's unresolved death where it really, it really strikes the imagination. Right. No, exactly. I think, yeah. you know, it's fascinating to think about those kind of things because you want to know, but then again, you want the mystery because it holds your attention, right? You it don't does. ever want to know everything about something. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it's I, think, I think that's, I think that's what's great about you as a personality is that you, you, you do give enough for, for people to be fascinated by, but you, you don't give enough for people to truly understand who you are. I, it's not that you're, you're, you're being in, in, you know, intentionally elusive, that's not what I'm implying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of leading towards, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, go, l- let's go from there. So, because really what I'm getting at here is that you went from fashion PR and then you went from Europe, which is really the birthplace of that fashion, your experiences mm-hmm. of having that fashion, you know, industry experience and then going to the birthplace that's really thousands of years old and America, the like hundreds of years old. Like what was it like to go mm-hmm. like to the South of France, which you and I both love? Um, the South of France. Um, I went to the South of France. Sorry. One second. Um, I went to the South of France because my sister was actually getting married. Um, and who So, <laughs> it was kind of I would say it's a different situation than than just traveling to the south of France because I had a a very very um specific schedule that I had to right. stick to and I've I don't know how many people get to have their entire family with them in the south of France um and that was you know a, an amazing thing for me um mm. but I mean, I would, I would say, you know, the, the nature down there is just like another, another world. Like you just don't understand how the light hits the, the grass and, you know, it's just a different, it's a different kind of sunlight. Um, it's really strange, isn't it? It's, it's very strange. I mean, obviously like there are different climates of the world and that's, and that's uh, what that is, but you just feel almost unreal there and so at peace um in uzez like it we stayed in a chateau and i would open the french windows and there would just be you know so much land out there and sparrows in the air and just no no street traffic sound which i was so used to in la and it was it was incredible. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, mean, <laughs> I, I would say I had a very specific, um, a very specific experience, experience in the south of France. <laughs> well, yeah. I, w- I was there with my family, and, and what's very interesting about France is I remember this waiter was speaking very poorly about our family. My, my, my father knew French, and uh, my mm-hmm. father just dug into him. I mean, my father was a very kind human being, very gentle. But as soon as, you know, you know how the French are. They, they know you know their language. They were just shocked and blown away. They're like, oh, okay, well, 
what do you need? <laughs> Let me get it right away. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. Right. <laughs> You're making an effort. But I, 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 would argue yeah. that a lo- I would argue that a lot of cultures are the same way, like the Japanese, the Chinese, the Koreans, they're, they're exactly the same way, where when you make an effort to know their language, it, it, you don't have to be mm-hmm. phonetic, that they really do appreciate, you know, your efforts to come in there and, and, and speak their language. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it the other way, like if you were in America and somebody just came up to you speaking another language and, you know, just like abrasively came up to you and being like, I want this in, a, in another language, right? Like it wouldn't necessarily, I don't know that you would react very well to it because you would just right. be like put off guard by like this, like somebody bombarding you and bombarding right. your face. But if somebody is, like, trying to piece together things in a polite manner, of course you're going to respect that more. And I think that, like, we have the responsibility as tourists to to make an effort, to be polite, to understand, like, prior to going to a Sarah, place, like, understand their culture. Yeah. Huh? I, know, I, I agree. No, I, we lost you for a second there. But I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, before, before we go, get off the, the French topic, and, and did you – did you go off to England as well? Um, I was in London briefly. I haven't spent okay, before, much before, time there. Before we go there, let's let's talk about Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> do, oh do, my gosh! Did you, yeah, did I you... watched the videos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that really irked me. The fact that you, <laughs> you're you're in fashion, you love Europe. You you're gonna you were gonna fly off to France and into Paris and enjoy yourself, but but you're saying Cyrano like in a crazy way, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god please God. But like, let me tell you my personal, for all of you out there, let me tell you my personal experience with Cerner de Bergerac. I was directing plays in college and I went into this bookstore, uh, a college bookstore, and I was going to direct, you know, a new play and I wanted to do Cyrano. And I asked the, the, uh, this is showing my ignorance. And I was asking the, the, the person, I'm like, you know, where's the book for Cyrano de Bergerac? It's right there. It's just right there. So I picked it up and I started reading it. And it's a play. And I looked at it and I go, well, this is the play version. What's the, where's the book version? She goes, listen, it's, the, it's a play. It's not a book. It's a play. <laughs> and I felt like such a moron. I mean, I bought it anyways. But I felt like such an idiot. And for a lot of you out there, you know, that's how Peter Pan began as well. I don't know if a lot of you know that, but, you know, Peter Pan began as the, 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 the play as Wendy. And then it went off to be, you know, a big, a big play. And then they called it Peter and Wendy. And then it became a bigger play. And then they wrote it as a book called Peter Pan. So, you know, and then it became, you know, as popular as you know today. So a lot of these things are lost in translation, as, as, as we would say. But, you know, Cyrano de Bergerac is one of those French tales that if, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, it's really based in the, the French Revolution. It's really an incredible thing. So when, when you saw the, the trails by, by Gerard Tepadou and, and the new one, really by Peter, Peter Dinklish, um, did, did it kind of catch a reference to you, like, you know, what this was and, and what it meant? Yeah, no, I, I've definitely 
I, I have known the story. I do think that I've at least briefly known the story of it. Um, but yeah, there are references in so many things. I, I, I can't, I can't think of them now, but I'm like, yeah, somebody like, I'm too hideous to like talk to this person. You do it right. for me. I feel like it's in every movie or something. Right. Exactly. Um, and then that person talks to that person and they fall in love with that person. They're like, wait, that was not my intention. <laughs> Let's change right. this around. You know, like that was those were my words, those are my intentions. It's written in the so much popular um, drama and so much popular. Um, you know, like even you know Steve Martin did a, a movie called Roxanne, which you know yeah. I, I hope a lot of people have seen, which is based on that. You know, but I don't know. I thought it was really brilliant, and and uh, I wanted to bring it to your attention if if you did or did not know that. But anyways, you went from France to. I just want to pick on you for two seconds. So you you, you went off to <laughs> so you went off to England, and and what was your experience there? Because my experience there was 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 kind of rough. What was your experience? Really? Yeah. Um, it was actually so I flew into London one day um, for my sister's wedding, and um, and I actually had the craziest craziest experience ever. I was so jet lagged and I didn't like, I made myself not sleep. So I was like, you know, out in London, uh, like lucidly, you know, like <laughs> feeling like it was a lucid dream. Right. I was like, right. wow, I'm in London. Um, and <laughs> I, you know, decided I, I was with my boyfriend at the time and I, I really wanted to go to Buckingham, Buckingham palace as tourists right. do, of course. Right. Right. And of course we got there and there's like a huge crowd and then all of a sudden these like cannons go off and I was like oh my gosh we're not safe like this is terrifying I don't know we need to leave right now and then all of a sudden like these jets come flying over Buckingham Palace and they're like it's like red white and blue and I was like oh something's happening like I see and then I you know horse-drawn carriages come up with the queen and the princes and Meghan Markle and Kate and like I was just like am I looking at the queen right now is that what's going on um and I was it was her birthday um and there was a big you know party for her and it was it was incredible um But yeah, and then then as I went on, you know, I I went to that one really popular tea room. What's that? What is it called? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a super popular tea room. I, I don't uh, remember the name right now as we're talking, but I do know what you're talking about. And there's really only two. That's gonna bug me. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna bug me. Whatever, it's fine. It's okay. Um, it's okay. We'll, we'll on catch the up. Way, on Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say on the way. There was a naked bike race, and it was just like you know, hundreds, of, hundreds of people who are naked like that on, looks like it on. hurts, but good let's, for let's, you. Let's, let's pause for a second. <laughs> you're 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 saying a naked bike race, like people who are nude doing a bike race. Yeah, yeah. Wow, England, as you're yeah. listening right now, I you know. guys are really, really ballsy. All right, let's continue on with this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I like, I don't know. I had a great time in London. That's all I will have to say. Like, it was just a really lovely time, and I'd like to spend more time in the UK. Um, right. I haven't been lucky enough to go back since, but, you know, in the future, it's 
definitely going to be on the top of my list. So well, just because I had I, I went, a really great time, why was your time so rough? Well, well first, before we get to that conversation, uh, I would argue being lucky is being a pretty girl at a party and being blessed are, are a lot of your experience. So, you know, you, mm-hmm. you absolutely were, were touched <laughs> by something and people absolutely had your side and wanted you to be motivated to, to move forward. There is no doubt in my mind, looking at your experiences, that there were people that, that definitely wanted to see you succeed. Now, now, knowing that, or at least hearing that, why do you think that was? I mean, I know you said you're a hard worker and you're prepared and what have you, but nobody wants to spend 6, 8, 10, 12, 16, 18 hours with a schlub. The people want to spend that time with somebody you know that they want to spend time with. What do you think it was about your personality or your get go that made these people want to spend that time with you, want to spend that effort to give you what they have, spread their information because a lot of people like to keep that secret. What was it about you that you think um, <laughs> this is going to be self indulgent I guess <laughs> what are you here um, for if you're not going to be self indulgent yeah i I guess that's true, please. Um, <laughs> I I guess I don't know. I've just always I've I've never felt the need to be anyone else but myself. Um mm. like I'm I'm a goofy girl who grew up um you know in a pretty humble environment. You know, my dad's a a, a single dad um who was a teacher right. and I grew up with my sister like just you know, I'm a humble person and I try to bring as much positive energy as possible, but I'm also dark, I guess. I've had, you know, I've, I've had my traumas in the past. So I think I also understand people on a different level. Um, When people go, go through hardships, I do feel like they're empathetic and you you understand people's issues. And and you bring that yeah, into your Yeah, I mean, place. I am a yeah. Pisces. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> Does that face racism? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, just joking. But um, yeah, no, I I would say like I am I'm very empathetic and like yeah my I really I, I I'm like so lame but I'm like I have to owe it all to my dad because like he's the same way like. Right. He was always just so open to people and he had so many friends and and he just never was anything but his like goofy, sweet, intelligent self. And right. I think I saw that and I just was inspired to do the same. Like it's it's that simple. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I didn't try to be anything. And I think that in, in a world like L.A., um, that's not uh, that's not common. Everyone's right. trying to be something, you know, everyone. Something different, like fake it till you make it, and then you almost believe it. Yeah, and that, like, I feel like anybody who has moved to L.A. from a smaller town um, or a smaller city, um, they have experienced so much fakeness, you know. I've, right. I've thought people were my friends, but, you know, they won't even take the time to drive across town, you know, to see me once right. a year. <laughs> you know, or like you know, people people will tell you that they support you to your face, and then not support you behind your back, and that right. that doesn't feel good. And I think I've always tried to be the person who cheers you on from every angle, 
So, right. yeah, I mean, right. I don't know. I guess just being a good person. That's what you have to do. I agree, that's, I agree that's, with you. That's the answer. You know, <laughs> well, you know, if if, lot, if you've ever listened to my show, which I know you have not, you know, there's a, you'd hear this consistently being said. There's a lot of people that feel the exact same way as you do. And, you know, some people think, you know, my one flaw is, you know, I can get guys to do what I want them to do. And and this is a, a, a very kind of eye-opening what? perspective. <laughs> No, no, no. Don't open that door. Don't open that door. And and uh, this is a really eye-opening perspective of of your personality and what it what it takes to really kind of you know succeed in the industry that you're in. And it's it's really motivational to the people that are listening to right now because there are a lot of young women, whether you whether you want to think so or whether you want to believe so or not, that are listening to your story right now. They you know quite honestly want to be a lot like you. And there'll be a lot of women on TikTok, which we'll talk about in a second, that that will want to be a lot like you and your ability to be compassionate, empathetic and have great communication skills, which you do, will be influenced by you. And um, that's a that's a brilliant platform. You know, not a lot of people are very responsible with their platform because they can people to do what they want to do. So you know, let me tell you about my experience in, in, in England. So. Uh, you know, my experience was that, you know, I was there at, at, at more than when I was 15 years old, but I was in 15 years old and I was in a, a place called Boar's Head Pub. And I went down, my dad just handed me money and he said, just, just go have fun, enjoy yourself. We're going to go, we're going to go around. So I went down there and I, I ordered a beer because in Europe at the time you can order beers, but you couldn't order hard alcohol. So I ordered a beer and then I felt something behind me. And it was a swing of a fist. And there were mm. two different football, and, and, and by the way, European football, not American football, European football teams. They were on other side of the bar. And they just started fighting each other, a European fighting, not American fighting, European fighting. And they're punching each other, and drinks are flying all over the place. And the bartender just grabs my head and presses against the counter. Thank God I can turn my face and just drink my beer. Um, but <laughs> they're, they're fighting back and forth. And then when he picks my head back up, those guys are singing and holding each other's shoulders and doing a ruckus with each other and shaking each other's hands. I, I just thought to myself, if this was America, we'd have the, the police here and half of these people would be dead. So, you know, that, that's, that was always my perspective of Europe, which was, you know, it's very, very different in America. Not meaning culture, but, but by meaning that we all live so close to each other. We're, we're all so united and combined. It's impossible to make decisions that would not burn bridges, but really corrode bridges. Hmm. Hmm. Did you have that same, did you have a, a similar experience in Europe that, that people were were more inclined to be one in another than uh, than against each other? Yeah, I mean I guess I don't know. I think it I think it may be a little bit of a different experience for a young woman. Um but I do feel as though there was like a lot more acceptance and not really giving a crap about the superficial things 
Um, that's more of my experience with like, you know, hanging out with social groups. Like I have, I have good friends in Paris who just like did not care about cars or what house you lived in. Like it was just about what you were interested in. Um, so I'd say that's more my experience. I, I, you know, I've never, never had to experience a bar fight. Yeah, I, I, I was there. I was a middle adult, and I was in Sicily, and we landed very kind of late. And I was wearing an LA hat. My my father, who's Sicilian, comes from a, a little town called Valdormo, which is a 150 miles southeast Palermo. And this guy was staring at me in this little, very little town. And I look at him, I go, "What are you looking at?" In a very kind of aggressive way. And I I was what 17 years old, and he goes, "Oh, Americano." Americano, and he walked up to me, gave me a hug, and I felt like like such a small human being because I to- I totally didn't translate the difference between like I'm not in LA anymore, I'm in Europe now, <laughs> and these people have a completely different set of like rules and and understandings and love and dignity and and what have you, and from that point on, that taught me like a, a, a really a pivotal lesson of judgment of understanding, a perspective, and a way of living my life just through that one experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's very important to, to go experience different cultures because you do end up being more accepting of different uh, behaviors. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what I would take from that. Okay. Well, you, you 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 went from Europe and you oh the big sigh you came from Europe and you came out Sorry. to America <laughs> it's okay it's okay you 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 came out to you came out to Europe and you came to America and you you started this this social media interest um, first through Instagram I I do believe that right first you started on Instagram yeah I mean I've been you know, I grew up with the boom of social media. So, right. you know, I had everything from MySpace to Tumblr to Instagram to Facebook, you know, and then like landed on TikTok, of course. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've 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 done everything and Instagram, um I mean, we all know what it what it was like to see that blow up, right? It, right. It was and for somebody like me who's a creator, it was very much trial and error for years for years I didn't know what worked for me I wanted I didn't I even before influencers happened I wanted to create um just beautiful imagery right um, right so that was an interesting path <laughs> right well what I love about your your imagery uh, you know, be it TikTok, be it Instagram, is that, like I said earlier in the program, it does remind me of million-dollar ads done by Louis Vuitton, being, being done by Prada, being done by Lululemon, being done by uh, LaModa, you know, being done by some huge companies, Victoria's Secrets to Vogue. Uh, and you were doing them literally in like a, a minute and a quarter. And, it, right. you know, it may not, you know, you know what I mean? It may not have brought in a billion dollar audience, but it brought in an audience quite fast, you know, because a lot, mm-hmm. to the audience that are listening, 
a lot of you think that when you watch TikToks, you're, you're thinking about young girls dancing. That was a program called Musical.ly. And Musical.ly changed into a program called TikTok. And for me, I watch, like I said earlier, I watch a lot of, I mean, I have never seen so many cat videos in my entire life. It's, in, it's incredible. <laughs> but watching your videos, it did remind me of some of the old guest ads that were just really incredible. Cool. I love that. So basically what you're saying is I'm undercharging people. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, think, I, think you, I think you <laughs> not charging an industry for what you're doing is a sin. I, I'm going to be 100% completely right. honest with you, is that I, I right. do believe it's a sin. Because, <laughs> the, like, like I said, like, there are several people on that platform that are doing such creative work that are just working their butts off just to get three minutes of content out there. They're, they're thinking about it, overthinking about it, stressing about it, freaking out about it, not sleeping at night about it, figuring out what they're going to wear, how they're going to display their information. This is what people pay millions of dollars for. And I'm doing it, and what people think is snap a finger, but we, we both know that's not true. Like, you're really thinking about it. Uh, yes and no, I would say. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I've been thinking about my process (laughs) a lot. Um, but I really, I'm inspired by the now and I have phases of, of going through different styles and different, um, interests in music and things like that. So I, I'm not necessarily a planner, um, I do think about like, oh, I want something to look this way. How can I like, you know, shift my lighting so it looks like this? Like, who are my, you know, or like what what era am I speaking to? But like for the most part, like I really do feel like that creativity just like lives within me. Um, So anytime that I decide, you know what, I'm going to create something, something comes out, right? And it's it's kind of that whole thing with like writers, like my dad used to teach me this, that, like, cause I, I've been a writer in, you know, in my, throughout my life. Right. And he gave me the advice of like, you know, it's not about what you write. You're not sitting down to write a book. All you need to do is sit down and write and something will happen. It might be crap. It might be crap. Honestly, like 80 of the time, 80% of the time, it could just be crap, but that 20%, right of getting something that's really, really special is what you, what you sit down for. Right. So like, that's how I feel when I'm creating things. Like I just, you know, and, but I don't sit down of course, because I'm filming, <laughs> but, right. like, you know, I just like have my time. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to focus right now. This is what I'm going to do. And sometimes I hate the videos and it's funny because I, I still post them and people are like, this is amazing. Like, can't believe it. And I'm like, are you, Sure, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But thank you. What, um, but yeah, I would say as a, as a creator, we always hate your type because you know it's something we love. And you're like, you know, I don't look good in this. It's like, you know, I don't care. This is this is great content. <laughs> I mean, I want to put this on. Well, I you know, I don't really like it. And what's interesting when you're younger, you're like we you take from from a person like yourself. Like I don't like it in a way of like, you don't like my content. But the older you get, the more right. you understand. Like they're, what they're saying is, I don't like the way I look in it, or 
I would yeah. change this because I would look different. But in reality, I mean, I've never seen a, a, an Instagram post or a TikTok. I mean, really a show. Let's just be honest. It's really not a TikTok. It's really a show uh, or an episode that has been poorly planned or not well thought of, if not influencing for a lot of people. I mean, we talk about influencers, and I hate that word. Well, I don't like that word, I should say. But, I mean, you're definitely influencing people. That's a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't love the word influencer either. I, you know, consider myself more of a content creator um, right. than an influencer because I I don't really try to push people on things. Like I will, you know, every once in a while do a sponsored post and be like, look how cute this is, but I'm not going to shove it down anyone's throat. You know, I'm, right. I'm not going to be like, everybody needs to buy this. Like that's just not who I am. Um, and I think the greatest kind of influence comes from creating a community um, and being who you truly are and like I feel you know I know that you're on my live and I I feel really lucky to have you know the opportunity to do lives because I don't speak a lot in my in my uh videos it's just not really what they are for me did, did you just um, call did connect. you just call me out what did you just call oh, me out as being maybe. in your live okay so for you for you out there who don't know <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. For you, for there for those of you who don't who don't understand what lives are on Instagram and TikTok, uh, please, Sarah, explain to us what what lives are. <laughs> okay, so okay, you have TikTok and you post your videos that go on your feed, but sometimes get pushed out to the for you page, right? But then within your profile, you can also go live. You do a live well, stream. You, you're and... going. You, you're going a lot of. You're going very fast for people. So so. What do so you mean? You, <laughs> you are going. It. You're going. Extre- you're going like at lightning speed. So <laughs> let, let me I just go ahead and double back. Let, let's double back here. So you have a main page on TikTok. So it, it's it's the page of the people that you yourself have subscribed to, and then you have a mm-hmm. what we call an FYP or a for you page that is mass product, which is mass media, which is the things that are popular for you to watch or listening to. Is that it? Right. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> We're talking to so Greeks do, right do now and Russians and, I, and I'm people sorry. from Poland. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're right. are like, you're right, what? You're right. What? This is just... This is my brain. This is how I think about it, and I'm so connected. I'm so Don't in worry, the world I'm, that I'm, I'm like, everybody I'm, must just uh, – I'm driving the truck. I'm talking we're, we're, about, right? we're all good. We're all good. I mean, we, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your influence. <laughs> and appreciate your information because it, it, uh, it really is it – really it really is worth the money. Is I don't know. It's just one phrase, but go, please continue. So the FYP for your PH. Okay. So for the you page, for you page where new users can discover you because you get pushed out to people who don't follow you, right? Right. Um, and then can I move on to live? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so what within your own profile, you can do a live stream, and that also is similar to the for you page where it pushes you out to 
to uh, new users who've never seen your your profile before, and you get to you know they get to comment and you get to chat back and forth with them. Um, they can send you gifts if they want, or like put sunglasses on you. I don't I don't know what that is, um, but that's where I found that I can you know, have conversations with my followers, you know, and that's been really special to me. I've made friends, you know, and I really do feel like it's more of a community within that space. And like, I can still share my art and they can still know the kind of person I am. And I think like that's, that's what has like resonated with the people that, you know, I've connected with. They're like, oh, this, this girl is, you know, she's a real person, like, and she's kind, and she has interests, and, you know, she's driven, and she's goofy, and, you know, whatever. It's like that multidimensional aspect of of what um, what something like Instagram is lacking to me. Um, right. Instagram, it's just a photo, right? And you're just right. supposed to be in awe of the beauty of the photo and the beauty of the subject. But Which you can fake, of course. It's just one thing. Huh? Which you can fake as well. Yeah, of course. And, like, that, I think, you know, so many, like, that's that's what Instagram has become. It's become a fake platform, right? It's a lot right. like a, a platform where a lot of people can fake their lives and nobody will ever know. And once it becomes that, it's hard to go back to the root of being vulnerable. And I think that's what's so special about, about TikTok is that like, it's still vulnerable. You know, there, there might be ads on it now. There might be, you know, more, more Instagram girls coming to, to TikTok, but they're not as successful because they, they don't understand that you have to be multidimensional and you have to have substance to provide, um, to, to, to your following, you know, like you have to make friends and, you know, they, they can see through bullshit. Sorry. Am I not allowed to swear? BS. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, they can see through BS. It's, it's a check. I'm sorry. Um, they can th- see through it like so, so easily. Like you can't, you just can't, I don't know. You just can't fake the person that you are. And like, that's, I love it. I love that about TikTok, and I, I've, huh? No, no, no. I'm listening to you. Um, no, and I just I feel as though I found a platform that is such a creative outlet to me. And if it had just stayed a creative outlet to me, and I didn't get you know any followers or any likes, I would still be doing it. Um, but I'm lucky that I've like found like-minded people who are like, this is beautiful this is art and I'm like you know what it is art you know and I almost had to have people come and tell me like oh you're you're an artist you're a creative for me to believe that in myself um so I I don't know I feel like I've like really grown with with this community and it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing well I'm extremely proud they've been like from the ground zero personally you know I I remember when I when Mm -hmm. I first saw you there was I mean, you had like two likes and then I started liking your, your, your images. I started liking your videos and you blew up really fast. And then I was, yeah. I was, I was like, whoa, now that's, that's fast. Like, you know, like <laughs> usually these kind of images and imagery is a little, I don't know, over people's heads. You know, they want to see some girl like showing, 
you know, cleavage or dancing around like an idiot or, or going to like, it was quite honestly going along with music that is popular or viral music that really makes them popular, which is quite honestly is the best way if you want to get a lot of followers to go. But you didn't go that way. You use a lot of French music, a lot of old American music, classical music. You use a lot of classical images, images that were quite honestly difficult and understand, which is like more avant-garde. Um, was, was there something about that that influenced you to want to be that person that wanted to go that way, even though it might not have been the most popular way to go? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it goes back to like what we were talking about, about why people were supporting me in my career is because I was just staying too true to myself. Um, you know, I've seen those videos of, you know, people are like, this is how you go viral and this is how you do this and da, 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 da. And I, I, you know, I just saw that and I was like, but that's so far away from who I am, especially like when it comes to the music choice, I would say that's like a huge thing for me um, because I, I don't know, you know, my, my dad, you know, brought me up with his music taste. So like I have a little bit different music taste than what's on, you know, the hot 100 list. Right. And that is to me something I have to have for my videos. I have to have that feeling. I have to have a connection to you know the soundtrack i have to have a connection to the vision and the outfit and like if i'm really into 90s then i'll probably like go 90s but i'm never going to do anything like an exact copy of anything else i'm always right. just going to be myself and i think i also like gained that following um you know i when when some of my videos blew up, that's when I gained the following. But I, you know, sometimes you you have a video that blows up and you don't gain a following. But I've have I've been consistent for quite a while, um, making these kind of things, and I've always been myself. And so you can go back in my page and see hundreds of videos that are my consistent uh, perspective, my consistent uh, vibe, right? Right. And that's why I have a community now. You know, right, and it's right. it's not, you know, like it's it's not a perfect uh, recipe that you can you can use for TikTok to blow up and be suddenly be you know Addison Ray or whatever. You can try if if that's who you are, but if it's not who you are, if you're faking it, you're gonna have to fake it all the time. So that's going to be who you have to become. And if you're not willing to do that. Are are you talking about Charlie D'Amelio? Because the other one is like so far gone. Charlie D'Amelio really has like overtaken TikTok to the point where every single follower. I mean, she reminds me of like the face of like MySpace or Facebook, where everybody follows that one person who created that that platform. Like there's nobody who joins TikTok who's not joined her platform. And I look at her page and I'm like, how many people are following you? That's insane. Like th- that would drive right. me nuts. It's, it's literally like Michael Jackson looking at the numbers of people who follow him, which is basically him going to a stadium, looking around, and mm-hmm. it's that it's almost like a quarter of the numbers of, of people of, Cha- of Charlie D'Amelio that are looking at her stuff on a daily basis. That's insane. Well, I mean, I actually kind of admire Charlie D'Amelio. Like she, I do too. like. She is a dancer, 
You know, yeah, she's like incredible. So she does dance videos because she is a dancer. And she, yeah. you know, is a family girl. Like her family is very, like very, very family oriented. They're very important to each other. So that became their brand because they don't right. have to fake that, which is right. what I'm what I'm trying to say. You know, like I think like that's really, really beautiful. But then you see, you know, everybody almost trying to be Charlie D'Amelio, right? And, like, not everybody has her background. Not everybody has her personality. No. So, like, no. you can't I, I, make a copy. I've, no, I've always seen her very close with her family, very close to other people, inspiring people, being extremely kind. I think the first time I ever – actually, I know the first time I ever saw her was on a late-night talk show. And I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. well, we've hit no really low point in our career – when we have TikTok stars on on talk shows, like we've we, like we've hit a wrong point in our lives, and then I watched her, and then that's what inspired me to actually download TikTok, and then I'm like, like she's so completely different, and, and I remember when there was the controversy of a lot of you know a lot of different performers who were taking black performers you know, um, dancing performances and were making it their own. And she was the first person to transfer the information that this person created the dance and this is who I'm mimicking. So she, she was always willing to adjust, always willing to compliment, always willing to understand her platform and always willing mm-hmm. to go, go along with what was necessary to be the best person she needed to be. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do really like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's definitely, a, like, if you blow up like that, there's definitely a reason, right? And, like, I just, I feel as though sometimes when people get really popular, people tend to hate that person, like, or, like, it's, it's like a mob mentality of, like, you know what? Yeah, it's like Nirvana. Because she has so much power, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, Nirvana's popular, I she, hate her guts. Yeah, right, but, like, it's, like, she is just a talented girl who happened to, you know, blow up, and, and that's great for her, and she's been a kind human, and there's nothing, you right. know, like, we we can't just hate people because they're popular, you know, it's, it's, it's a lack mentality. There's enough for everyone, you know, there's enough right. room for everyone, and we can't, you know, drag other people down because, you know, we wish we had what they had. You know, and I think that is something that is pretty common on social media. We hate so many people who have just blown up and done so well. And it's like, for what reason? Like, you've got to ask yourself why you don't like this person. Is it because of the lack mentality in in your soul? Because usually it is, you know. know, That's an excellent point. Uh, (laughs) I I, I was talking about it just yesterday with, with another, you know, an amazing actress who, you know, people are listening to the to the show right now, but you know, I, I remember hating Justin Timberlake. You know, just not liking him. And you know, mm-hmm. in the old in the old old days, I'm like, this guy sucks. And listen to his music, like this is right. horrible stuff. And then continuing <laughs> listening, continually listening, and then like really just falling in love with him and finding him so handsome. And then watching him in movies and going like, oh, I was jealous. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I That's totally so get it. So I was jealous. Oh, okay. Well, that just taught my ego something. Yeah. You know, and that, that comes right. up. Nowadays, nowadays, I'm just like, you know, I love, like, 
you know, like especially with like Hugh Jackman. A Hugh Jackman is like is like the the best in the world. Like he's gorgeous and he can do anything and he's charming mm-hmm. and he's wonderful. And I'm pretty sure there's a generation of people that just hate his guts. Like, you know, like, oh, he's like, come on. It's like, right. no, no, no. He, he like he's very sincere. He married the woman of his dreams that they met each other in a soap opera in, in, in Australia. And they have wonderful kids. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing concept, you know, but you have to do your, you know, I think nowadays, I think that kind of edgy perspective on hating on people should really kind, should really, really end, especially since we have the ability to journalism. Well, back on your, on your lives. So you have these lives, which are basically live performances where people come onto your page, you know, and you're talking about music and you're talking about fashion and you're, I mean, you're, you're like, you're like, you know, sleep drunk where you're just like relaying so much information to people that, that, that they are, you know, can hardly conceptualize, you know, and some, some people, you know, and quite honestly, the thing I want to talk to you about is the misogyny. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of misogyny involved right. in in your lives, and as well, it, you know, I wouldn't say less, but I would say in, also involved inside your posts and what have you. What do you what do you take from those perspectives of those keyboard samurais that are obviously using dummy accounts to show their true colors? Mm-hmm. And be misogynistic towards somebody who's being who's trying to be successful, who quite honestly is successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's loaded, but I, to be honest, I look at it as like you know what you're commenting, and it's working for me. Like you are helping the algorithm like make my post more successful. So. Whatever, like, you are trying to do, right, like these little trolls um, who say, you know, absolutely awful things, you you get it so much on live. Like, I have seen some really, like, awful comments. But I see them, and I'm like, you know, like, you're wasting your life. You know, you're wasting your time trying to get to me when, like, you don't. I see your comment and I forget about it. You know, I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are. You know, like if you want to come and comment on my, on my page, something rude, I'm going to keep it on there. I'm not somebody who deletes hate comments because <laughs> it, it helps the algorithm. And like, yeah, I want people to see, you right. know, these things that people say. And because right. it, it needs to be known that like, People attack everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, not confident or you're confident or, you know, you have or you have struggles with, you know, eating or your past or or school or something like that. Like I've my whole life, like I I mean, I was a cool girl in high school, but like I wasn't popular. I was still really awkward and I was bullied quite a bit. Why is that? Uh, well, one, one because my dad worked in the same high school as, that I went to. Um, to a lot of misogyny, tons of misogyny, and people would t- tell me I wasn't smart. And I also went to a private school, and I wasn't wealthy. Um, and there was a lot of that kind of class 
gap. Um, and then as well. Really? Is there, is there wealth uh, in Utah? Explain that to me. Yeah, of course there's wealth in Utah. Of course there is. I mean, I mean, really it's California rich. It's, it's, I mean, maybe Utah wealth, but it's California rich. I'll be honest with you. There are some really powerful people in Utah for sure. Really? Really? Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it did prepare me for, for California, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, also just being in Utah, I, I like, guess that wasn't, being... I guess that was an ignorant statement to make, you know, because I really don't, I, I've been <laughs> to Utah, but I really don't, I mean, there were, there were, there were billionaires all over the place, but I would imagine that in a place that you would know your neighbor, and this is just my ignorance and just my, my, uh, my, just my childlike, you know, mentality where I would imagine where you can see somebody later on at the, you know, Eaton slip later on would want to talk mess about you. And then later on, you know, and then what's going to happen? I mean, you're, you're, you're intertwined. You're in the same school. You, you know, each other's families. It just, it's just never made sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I went to a school with 200 other classmates. I went to high school, 200 other classmates. It was a very small, um, small community. And yeah, I mean, that's just what kids do. You know, if you're, yeah. you think you're, if you're a privileged kid, you know, and like, don't get me wrong. I loved that school. I was like, and you know, I, I got the best education from that school, but I had a really hard time with my social life and, and came out of high school really damaged. Um, and I think a lot of people do, you know, like high school is really right. rough space. Kids can be well, mean. High, so, school, high school is, adult, I've always said high school is grade school with ashtrays. So that's, that's what I've always called that. Right. I mean, I just think, you know, when you've experienced it as a kid, and you grow into an adult and like, like for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm very aware of misogyny and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to, like, if, if somebody comments something rude on my life, I'm going to repeat it and I'm going to be like, are you okay? Because it's, it's not something that I'm not, I'm going to ignore. It's, it's a, it's a right. fight that I have to fight. You know, I want right. to stand up for my next generation. Like I wish the women did in my life for me and some of them did but not all of them did right you know and like that's also why there are still kids these days who grow up into those men you know because right. nobody called them out for it you know and right. i'm not going to get in a fight about it but i'm just going to be like why are you doing this would you like to uh to to find a therapist <laughs> you know like that that would be great for both of us so uh <laughs> you go do that I'll send you the link to BetterHelp. It's going to be great for you. <laughs> well, we're Sarah, we're, Sarah you know? we're, you know, it was a pleasure having you on, and we're quickly, quickly running out of time. But I want to talk to you about your lives just for a second here. So you, you do your lives, and you have quite a population. You can go from 14 people to literally 1,002, 1,200 mm -hmm. 1, people watching your, I don't know, commentary or listening to you listen to music. Yeah, my, my, that's literally right? all I do. I mean, I mean listen, yeah. you, are, you are sharing culture. You are sharing your point of view. 
it, it's something that a lot of different people who are within influence is what I want to say do not do. Mm-hmm. They do not share that, that part mm-hmm. of their perspective, but you share it very openly. I think it's mostly because you don't really kind of understand it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're what? kind of like, uh, well, you know, <laughs> what I've always oh thought is gosh. like a lot of people oh, keep yeah. it secret because they don't want people to know anything about themselves. And you're like, Hey, I don't right. really care. I want people to know who I am. Let's just do it. And I'm like, does she understand this right. stuff? I'm like, I, I hope to God she's protecting herself. But, you know, that's really, you know, when I look at it, that's really kind of how I feel like, oh, I hope she's, that's why I'm kind of ornery when I'm looking at your lives. I'm like, oh, like, oh, this guy who's talking this way is just like really irking my, my, my bones. But, you know, my, my thing here that, I, that I'm really discussing is, you know, there are a lot of people within these lives who will um, go towards your pleasure zone, that will go to- right towards the you're beautiful, you're wonderful. And all, for all of you listening out there, you know, if you have a thousand to, you know, 1500, some people have 10,000 to 20,000 people watching your life. And I mean, obviously, you know, like 1% to 3% are going to be crazy, but I would argue as well that 3% of people were the Nazis in, in, in Germany and were like the, the empire of, of, of Japan. I mean, it only takes 3%. I mean, it only takes one person to screw up a party. So, I mean, just, you know, one guy sitting by the, by the, uh, by the pool, like just drowning out about his ex-girlfriend that ruins a party. But you have these people that are, really adoring you, really loving you for, for an extraordinary amount of reasons. How does that affect your ego? How does that affect your work? And then how does that propel you forward? Um, you know, it probably does feed my ego a little bit. Um, but I also don't like, I don't know. When people tell me I'm beautiful or hot or whatever, it doesn't really mean that much to me. Like, what means something to me is when people really like my work or my taste in music or, you know, the the vibes that I created or my personality. Like, that's what, that's what I hold a value. And I think, you know, I've built that. I still have, you know, both worlds. Somebody's asking me to date me on my live where I'm just like, why would I date you? I don't even know you. <laughs> I can't see your face. Like, what is going You could be on? a serial killer. But then I have, <laughs> yeah, you could definitely be a serial killer. I mean, I Which think, Which was our you know, conversation last night that me. I bumped into and I'm like a little confused. Like, I know. what and did like, I just walk into? And I was like, some, well, like every... I, See, I, ha- I feel like I actually have a community where people want to protect me. And we started talking about, like, okay, like, lives could be really dangerous. And it's like, yeah, that's why I don't, like, send my address out, you know? Like, I'm yeah. not giving people, like, specific made details a of where to- I am. <laughs> Someone made a comment to me, and I'm like, "What? Are you, like, like this just this just hit a trigger. Like, you just you just triggered me, bro. Like, I don't understand where this where where did this conversation start? So, so is that a common thing? I mean, I know I know for I've seen other lives, but not commonly. I think I watch a lot. I think you're the only live I consistently watch because it is it is my what what uh, what uh, Quentin Tarantino would say is my white noise." 
you know, I listen to the live, I do my editing, I do my, I, are you laughing at that? No, no, that's like exactly what I'm doing. It's like, yeah. I guess like it's actually like, like I download my images and like, you know, edit my videos while I'm doing lives. And like, that's, that's exactly kinda, what I'm doing. It's interesting that you're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing my yeah. editing. I'm writing my stuff. I'm editing. And then once in a while I catch somebody saying something kind of odd and I'm like, like, do you have a girlfriend? I'm like, do you? You and I'm like, I know that's what, that's like, that's been mine. Like, do you have a boyfriend? Like, I don't know. Do you have a boyfriend? Is that why you're asking? Like, are you asking if she is? Like, it's so, such ridiculous questions. But you know, it, it's very interesting to see how really open people are to you in those lives and how they're really responding to you. And I, you just said that it's feeding into your ego. What, the question I want to ask you really, and before we go, and I want to ask you some separate questions before we leave, is how do you overcome that and how do you grow from that? Because you're not a dummy. You're an incredibly smart, well-cultured, well-performed, well-educated human being. How does, how does that, how do you overcome that? Overcome the ego? <laughs> well, the, um, e- the ego, the id, know, and the superego are very difficult things that, like, destroy, and I think you're fully aware of that. Right. I mean, I don't know. I guess, to me, like, the ego part is part of it. It's like, you know, when I was like, oh, this is going to be self-indulgent, and you're like, well, what are we here for? You know, right. it's like, yeah, of course, this has to have, you know, it has to play a part. The ego has to play a part. I'm, you know, constantly showing myself in videos. But to me, right. it just has to be backed up by, by substance. You know, it has to be backed up by my music taste and, and my experiences and, you know, a little bit of darkness here and there and, you know, just the things that I love because I'm, I'm not a one-dimensional person. So, yeah, when, when my ego gets fed, it feels fine, but it's, it's, it's not something that I'm like, constant, I don't constantly need it. And I don't know if that's maybe just a personality type um, or just that I'm busy focusing on other stuff, you know, like, it's, do, do you it's feel like that? Because sometimes you need it. <laughs> like, no, yes. Do, little, do, like, do you feel like that perspective of, of, of the um, platform can make you drunk with a certain amount of power? Uh, sure. Yes. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't necessarily know that that will happen to me though, because, uh, or it has happened to me though, because I'm so focused on all the work that I have to put into it and feeling like, oh, this next thing is going to be crap. You know, like, oh, I have to like make sure this one's good instead of looking back and being like, oh, look at how many people like my post or how many people like think I'm beautiful. It's, it's something that like, if you're working constantly on something that matters to you, it's just like the, the ego and the, the affirmations from other people, they go by the wayside. Um, right. But I do think, you know, it happens to other people and they, they lose themselves and forget that they're, you know, being seen by this many people and they forget that they need to be soft spoken and kind and, and those sort of things that like takes over. I just don't know that it's, possible for me to keep doing this and forget myself because this, well, I've, the, I've the always seen you be very kind 
I've always seen you very kind, except for that time where somebody, you know, questioned whether you knew, you know, any Ramones songs. Have you played the Ramones? Oh my gosh, like, that I, annoyed I, me I just, so much. I, I answered that conversation right in the middle. I'm like, what? Yeah. I, that sort of, every once in a while, I will get um, defeated with the misogyny where I'm just like, okay, so I share my music on my lives all the time. And some random person came in and asked if I like, yeah, I like punk. And they were like, name one Ramon song. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to sit here and prove to you that I like music. When you don't know me, you're a stranger, and you're coming in as a man telling me the girl. Of course, the girl doesn't know any punk music, right? And, like, it just gives me that vibe when, like, you know, when if, like, a girl is wearing a rock band T-shirt, and they're like, name one song, you know? It's extremely misogynistic because what makes you think that you know more about music than me? Because you're a man. Like, because you're a man and I'm a stupid little woman, right? Like, that is just, I don't know. That really, like, pinched my nerve. And, like, every once in a while, I will have that fight and I'll stand my ground, you know? Because I don't think it's, like, I think it's something if we ignore it, it'll just keep happening, you know? Like, these these men will feel powerful enough to just keep fighting the fight. So, yeah, there's that. (laughs) Did I lose you, Steve? Hello? I lost you. Hello? (laughs) Can you hear me? Hello? 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 